Hello, this is Bill Summers. Hi, this is Mike Clark. Hi, this is Ingrid Lucia. Yeah, you're right. This is Dr. John. I'm Mulgrew Miller. This is Idris Mohammed. This is Bobby Bush. Hi, this is Harry Shearer. You're joining me and so many other discerning listeners. You are listening to the WWOZ Interview Podcast. I, I'm very honorary about things. I, if I get something in my heart to do this, well, for three years, that's this has been something I, with Bobby Charles helping me write songs, with Reverend Gold helping me write some songs. And, and uh, you see, I had a song, Alvin Baptiste, I had wanted from him. Alvin passed away. I had a song I wanted Willie T to do. He passed away. I'm not, and, and I start, so- I'm not doing any songs for you, okay? <laughs> I didn't ask your ass. <laughs> All right. I just want to make sure you don't, don't ask me. You look like you got that Gregory working, bro. Mm. Listen. Who if, else did you ask? Those were the two guys. Those were two okay. Avin, No, I, I wanted to do this one song of Avin's and uh, that he had written back a, a few years ago. And the cannonball cut it actually. Okay. And uh, it's in, it was written in six full, but I was gonna do it in full full. And uh, he had another tune, uh, but that was the one I wanted to do. And then Willie T had this tune about a crack in the Liberty Bell, and I was gonna get uh, uh, Willie to take it and see if we could revamp the lyricals to make it about. The crack and uh, okay. the, the crack and uh, well, no, it was gonna keep it by the crack and the Liberty Bell, but it was gonna be about New Orleans. Yeah. Okay. And how the crack and the Liberty Bell affect the city of New Orleans, because there is a humongous crack. There used to be just a crack, like a little crack in the window pane there. You see, like them two little cracks in the right. window pane. Right. Well, now it looked like you could fit your fat ass through that, that crack. <laughs> There's nobody else I would let tell me this on my show. Yes, you here. No, who, who else? Who else? James Black, if he came back, probably. Oh, oh. listen, James would probably drive you crazy enough to bother Tammy. Listen, the last two years of his life, every time I had to see him, he drove me crazy about getting him a copy of some record, and he never would tell me what record <laughs> and what it was about. And you know when I found out what he was talking about, he had passed away. And he it was I had cut his song Monkey Puzzle on his record uh. as a piano solo. And that's what he wanted to But he never told me. If he just what? said, Can you get me a copy of the one where you cut monkey puzzle? Now You know you know you know what, man, I had the best conversation in the world with this man uh, a month before he died. I was playing in the quarters, and I drove him. He needed a ride. And I drove him home, sat in front of his house on Governor Nickel Street, and we had one of the greatest conversations in the world. And you know what his problem was? He couldn't play the music he wanted to play. He, he said, I, I'm, I'm playing with everybody in the city of the world, but I can't play the music that I want to play. And you know how talented he was. And that that that, that was getting him. But, you know, that had nothing to do with him dying. You know why he died. And we ain't going to discuss that. But we had a great conversation. You know, and I, I remember that. Just a month before he died. Because he was, he was, uh, he, he, he was something. You, you know. Yeah, James was a special individual. He was a great he was, master drummer. 
and also a massive composer. He had so much music mm. in, in him. A lot of people don't know he, that. He had a lot of music in him, and, and I guess that was a, very, very frustrating that he couldn't get it out, and there was no there was no venue for him to 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 get it out, especially during the, during that time. You know, you know, that probably if, if he was around now, he, he you know he'd have more opportunities to play to play what he wanted to play. But one thing about him that he was he was you know he stayed true to to his craft and to and to what he was what he was about. Even though he conformed a little bit to play other people's gigs, yeah. but he still stayed on his path of, of of his own musicality. And James was, you know, he's a great musician. Right. I like that you mentioned about his writing because, you know, it, it was it was always an honor for me to have cut like uh, uh, old wine. Yeah, we cut that original record before the F.O. band done it, but James always was pushing. Nervous things into the the, the, the cats uh-huh, to uh-huh. to make something happen, yeah. and and whatever it was, you know that it's like he, he did a thing that was like, and I like I, I one of the things I I gotta say I dug about him was the fact of all of the things he did when he was like working with Yusef and he knew Yusef watched the hi hat and he playing at different meters. You know what? You think after a little while, Yusef would have learned. Don't look at the. Well, no, if you're gonna look at it, just know he may not be playing in the same time you playing it. Right. It might help, but you, you think something like that. Yeah. Think you would have got here, Bob. I mean, I, you, you, but I mean, I think in some weird way, James had a big impact on cats doing those little things. Oh yeah, because he, what he did, he, he did it with so much intensity and so much <laughs> force that you had to uh, you had to acknowledge it. <laughs> it had to be acknowledged. It wasn't discarded. The funniest thing I saw right on Claiborne, we used to have little Sunday sets. Jerry's, remember Jerry's, the joint Jerry's. Yeah, yeah, Jerry's. He was playing there, and, and the saxophone player would remain nameless because I don't want to embarrass. Because the cat is still here, and he's a good cat. And they start playing the tune, and they they play about about a, about a half of a chorus, and James was stopping and say, "Start it again, it's wrong," and he did that about three or four times. I got up and left. I was embarrassed for the cat. <laughs> I was embarrassed for, but the the ones that really get turned around are the bass players who try to play with him, and he get in get into the tune, the second chorus, and he turn the meat around on him, and nobody knows where he is but him. But he used to try to do. George, this. Yeah. George to laugh at him. Yeah, he can stay at home. Go ahead, on, do what you're doing. You'll be back sometime. Yeah, he, he, it was, it was, a, it was mm-hmm. a challenge. He right. challenged all bass players. And you see if you can get this one. Well, not only bass players, but anybody that played the band. And wait, the rhythm section like better be on the top of it because he will get you. He <laughs> he would definitely get you, bro. You know, I, I I was so embarrassed that Sunday. I got up and left the joint. I left a drink sitting there, so you know, you know, I was embarrassed. <laughs> Never leave no alcohol, but uh, but it's good. But you know, we want to talk about this, and then we gonna we're gonna send them to the fairgrounds in a little bit. This this record, this CD, uh, this that or the other, you did something on here that a bunch of cats should have done a long time ago. He went look for people. It wasn't hard to find. He come to New Orleans and open his mouth. He can find them. He's got people like uh, Smokey Johnson on here. Smokey had a stroke some years ago, but Smokey's playing bass drum. All right. Yeah. Uh, 
Earl Palmer, who is very, very sick right now. And we all know that, who, who's like the drummer as far as recording sessions was concerned, okay? Got him. He's playing snare drum. Smokey's playing bass drum. And they're playing that second line thing, and it's killing, right? Then he decides he's going to do he going to do a, a, a song entitled The Monkey, written by Dave Bartholomew. All right. And the monkey Speaks His Mind. Monkey Speaks yeah. His Mind. Yeah. And, and, and this is a man that he knows, you know, and I know, that never got his credit for all the million sellers that he's. He did 22 million sellers in a row in the late 40s and the 50s. But people in this town of authority, they don't even consider him. He gets totally disrespected. But you brought him out, and he played the head on this thing. And it was like, Dave, Dave is in, in his 80s now, middle 80s or past that. And you did this about eight, nine years ago. And Dave was killing. He's strong. knocking the walls down. Oh, yeah, he's still and and I, I got to commend you. You know, we laugh, talk, and do our other things. But um, you brought people out that, 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 that was sitting on the porch like Smokey. Dave don't have to work. You know this. We all know this. He got enough money where he's cool, you know. And uh, Earl, he's doing what he's doing, but Earl has been sick. He's not even playing anymore. But controversy. Fats Domino House on Cavern Avenue. Somebody gave him almost $200,000 to fix his house. All right? But Dave Bartholomew was the one that made Fats what he is. He went and got him out the joint down in the night ward and did his thing, and they didn't offer Dave a dime. Y'all know who you are. I ain't calling your name, but they didn't offer Dave a dime. Dave said, well, I don't need the money. I know I know Twine don't need the money because Twine got three times the money that I have. You know, But it was like some odd reason they don't like him, and I know why they don't like him, and you know why they don't like him. You know why they don't like him? They don't like him because he don't run behind nobody to do anything. And if you if 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 he got to Jeff to you to get it, if y'all don't know what Jeff is, that's another form of torment. And uh he, he ain't gonna do that. Never did it in his life. And so I'm glad you did what you did because you got a lot of respect for everybody. And Dave told me, he said, Man, you know, I did this thing with Mac. And it was nice and blah, blah. He was knocked out about doing it, you know? So was Smokey. You know what? I, I, I just want to mention this. But I always thought Dave, way back when he first got that, that, the Diz horn. Right. I, I always thought Dave was the baddest blues trumpet player in the world. And he hmm. can still do that. And wait a minute. And, and listen, he can play jazz. He can do that other stuff. Yeah. But when Dave Bartholomew played the blues, ain't nobody played the blues like Dave. I ain't never heard a trumpet player in my life. Huh. And, and, and you know this. Look. I know. First session I ever saw in my life on, on Dumain. Cosmos. And Dave is in the studio. The band's cutting. And I'm watching. He's got his axe. And I'm thinking, I'm a little kid. Now, you know, I ain't even playing music yet. And I'm watching. And... I'm looking at the, it was Herbert Hardison and Red Tiles playing on the session. Right. And all of a sudden, man, get right to the end of the song, and Dave lean over and play the last note to fatten the chord for the end. He played a note, but he's in there. Yeah. And it's just, 
it hit me it, it, without even knowing nothing about it. That give him another flavor. He just opened the ending of the song out to make it, and, and that's just the kind of way Dave thought. You know, and, it, and it's like he had that thing. He ain't gonna play too much. Right. He's he just gonna play. No, he ain't gonna play no bunch of notes. And it's gonna be, but it's gonna be the right maneuvers. And then that's, it, that's then, what it says. Not what you play, it's what you uh, say. Yeah. Yes, sir. And, and if you ain't saying something, just stop shut, playing. Shut up. That's <laughs> yeah, right. right. What did Richard say? Shut up. Yeah. And I, I miss, I miss uh, seeing Richard over there. But I heard you saying he was playing quite. The band was quite loud. Yeah, well, that wasn't his fault. I didn't say it was Richard's fault. No, I just I, heard I, you I, saying the band saying, was. The band was the band. Man, he had two drummers. And and you know we love drummers. You know drummers drummers in this world get along, because early know what I'm talking about. And they were playing so when they the bass drum, and I'm not lying. I had a suit on. Shaw Man never was there because because we, we were together. And every time he hit the bass drum, it sounded like somebody was knocking you know. And I was like, why don't they? Richard actually told him before he started playing to turn the volume down. Right, because the piano was like on 150, and he said, "Turn it down." And he turned down. He said, "Oh no, you're not Richie. No, turn it down some more." Well, they did turn it down some more, but they didn't turn down the bass and the guitar and them horn mics. And it was like I was sitting on the first on the first row. I got up, I went in the back, and I was sitting down with <laughs> with Don. We were standing up, and it was still too loud, and it was a shame because you could barely hear Richie. You know, it's like me going to hear you, mm -hmm. and I can't hear you because the band killing you. know. Yeah, that's called the guys ain't on the case, and, 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 and it's not caring about the music. Well, because, you, I mean, everywhere I play, wherever in the world, the biggest problem we have is sound people. Cats don't know what they're doing. If you don't got somebody good, that's it. He been working around some good mm. sound people. I tell you this, when you... You know, you have been around the utmost best and the utmost worst. The utmost worst, exactly. And you know that difference. You see, when you know and you get to work with the best ones, you want to aim that way. Yeah, because they can, they can actually kill your show. The sound, people, the sound people can kill your show. They kill this show because it, it was great. Your groove while yeah, they're doing it. <laughs> Yeah, man. It, it, you know, but but it's but it's like loud music is not pleasant to the ears. No. I was taught that a long time ago. Fortunately, I can't. It's not up. healthy for the ears either. It sure not, cause cause how many how many deaf cats we know who played in the rhythm sections and stuff? Cat right. can't hear today. Well, yeah. think about guys like Jake Shacksnyder. Great player. And uh, what kind of uh, what kind of uh, <coughs> hearing aid you got, Jake? Oh, it's three o'clock. <laughs> now, that did not come from playing on a gig with somebody. He's standing in front of the guitar amp. All them you get is playing the baritone saxophone and in front of the guitar amp. And guess what? It, it, it was at the time when it counted big Fender. Yeah, about, yeah, about six feet tall. Hearing went, it wasn't great. 
but it went downhill fast. Quick. All of a sudden, Jake Shake's not. <laughs> he was out of tune. Can't say, can you tune up, Jake? Huh? He didn't even know Cats is saying, can you tune up? Yeah. Pull out a little bit, Jake. Huh? You know what I mean? <laughs> and we knew he could play. And Jake always played good. Uh, and that, that, that is something. Right? No, but you think about those guys. And it's just, I just peel one out the hat. But all of the guys that we know over the years, there's what they where they hear them went. With the two. That's it. Down the two, you know, one of those kind of things. Flush, flush, out. flush. Right. But uh, anyway, we're going to wind this up. They ready? Make a call. We're yeah, talking to people. We're, 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 we're on. We're, oh, we are. We're, 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 everybody knows that voice. I don't know. You know, you, you got one of those. Somebody called me. Very distinct voices. Talk, I'm talking to okay. Dr. John. Oh, all right. Born and raised Mac Rabinac. All right. And we also. Would you wait a minute? With your, little, little, with your little nervous <laughs> self. <laughs> talking to. Uh, uh, Hurl and Riley. And I'm gonna stomp your feet, boy. Okay, and uh, this, this is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm about to. Co- I'm about to commit murder <laughs> on the radio. I'm gonna stab. I'm gonna slack. They used to say in the country. I'm gonna stab you in your heart. Anyway, this is Bob French, and uh, we, we're gonna turn it. We're gonna turn it over to the to the station. Thank y'all. We, we're gonna go out to the fairgrounds in a minute. But before y'all cut us off. Let me do this little bit for y'all. I want y'all to hear Mac, the intro on this, and uh, Dave Bartholomew is playing. Thank y'all for the time. Thank you, Mr. Dave. All right? Here's, here's Mac Rabinac, and Dave Bartholomew is playing the intro. Hit it. Thanks for listening to our WWOZ podcast, bringing the voices of New Orleans to the world.